Sports Beat Extra. Beats 102-103. I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford. There's more issues than the travel. I said I just can't do it. Games go on and you don't get a goal. Start to have little questions in the back of your mind. Welcome back to the latest edition this Saturday, the 26th of September. This week we talk sport, both real and virtual, who are all struggling with their respective calendars. So join me, Kevin Galvin, on this week's Sportsbeat Extra. This week we talked to a 17-year-old competing for millions of dollars online in Rocket League. Some days I come back from school. Instantly we have training and then instantly after training we have tournaments. When I finally go off my PC, I just realise it's like 2am in the morning and I need to wake up in, in six hours. I'm here about one temporary club who are being forced to play two county finals in 24 hours. I was looking at her, we were just kind of wondering what respect that the county have for her considering the matches that are coming up a county in the coming weeks. No, they should be nearly looking after their own. You also hear from this Muds Club focused nominees and escort the hockey club. But first, Dixborough manager Mark Scanlon joins me on the line ahead of tomorrow's Kilkenny Senior Hurling Championship final. Sports Beat Extra. Beats 102 103. So, tomorrow's the final of the county finals, um, the Kilkenny Senior Hurling Championship final. Uh, Dixborough taking on reigning All Ireland champions Ballyhale Shamrocks. Um, Dixborough going for their sixth uh, Senior Hurling Championship title and a man who's been involved in the last two, uh, Mark Dowling, manager joins me. Mark, you won it obviously in 93 as a player, won it in 2017 as a manager. Um, look, tell us a little bit about 2020 and the class of 2020 in terms of the teams that have that have won county championships previous for the club. Yeah, well look, I suppose based on 17, uh, there's a few changes to, to personnel um, you know, like anything, there's, there's always a transition uh, Guys leave the panel and 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 maybe come off the team and and different things like that. So we have a few new faces since seventeen, which is good and probably, to be honest, Kevin is probably necessary. Um, so you know, it's a young enough team. I would say it was probably young, a young enough team in seventeen too, and it's it's kind of maintained that uh, you know average age of early twenties. I'd say you know, but it's it yeah. There's a few new faces. Um, Lining out tomorrow uh, towards seventeen, you know. Yeah, what do you mean in terms of kind of necessary changes? Like, is it just a case of kind of getting young fellas in, or is it more that the kind of older heads it was, you needed to bring in some kind of fresh change, or what do you mean by kind of you know the kind of necessary change? Yeah, well, when I say necessary, I suppose you know I think it keeps everyone on their toes. It keeps uh, an element of freshness to the whole thing, um, and you know I suppose if, if maybe if, if if guys are there and it can tend to happen in clubs maybe where guys are on a team for a number of years maybe possibly go on challenge in a particular position uh, not only the whole the whole team maybe but themselves can get a little stale and get a little bit complacent and, and overly comfortable in their shoes you know so I think from that point of view it's necessary um, look, it's it's certainly working for you this year. Now you, you you've been winners of the league for the last two years. Last year in the championship, you were defeated in the quarterfinal stage. Um, we see some other championships that have kind of round robin, and then they go into a knockout. It kind of maybe gives teams a bit more of a chance to get themselves together. Is it kind of difficult, you know, when you're especially given the year that's been in it? Um, you know, you you're kind of on a bit of a run. Then you kind of try and build that momentum through the league, and then that's all gone by the time you get the championship, and then you're straight into a knockout game. Yeah, I think to be fair, look, everyone wants to do well in the league, and in Kilkenny, it, it, it determines um, where you start in the championship. So, 
you know, Kilkenny is, is, is very competitive. Uh, the league is hugely competitive. Um, you know, I don't think any club or team has the luxury of being able to, to take the league at a very slow pace and just kind of feel their way through it. Everyone tries to hit the ground running. Um, yeah, look, I'm saying that, you know, if you do well in the league, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do well in the championship. And a lot of teams, including ourselves over the years, have, have found that, that to be the case. But I suppose you talk about momentum, and particularly this year, with the way the, the structure uh, has been due to uh, the COVID, it's, it's you know it's more or less week on week. It has been since we started. So probably you know a bit of momentum was gained throughout the league, and um, yeah, like just hope that, that we could keep that going. I suppose and we've kind of been of that frame of mind for the last number of games you know we're just going from one game to the other without thinking too much um, Obviously facing Ballyhale in the final um, look All-Ireland club champions for the last two years never mind to say county champions um, for the last from your point of view like when you look at a team like that that have been so strong nationally so dominant it, it must be very very difficult to try and pick chinks in the armour and it must be a case of kind of you know that, that every single inch counts if you want to get over the line on, on Sunday yeah, look, it is, it is. It's a huge task that that faces us. Um, I mean, double back to back. All Ireland speaks for itself. You don't need me to say. You know, no ordinary team does that. Um, and look, they obviously have a lot of household names within the team. Uh, fantastic players uh, who deliver day in day out for club and county. Um, yeah, look, you, you hope there's a chink in the armour. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Maybe there is, but you have to hope there is. Um, and really, I think, Kevin, all you can do is concentrate on, on getting your own performance uh, and hoping that on a given day it just might be enough. Um, look, it's unusual to be talking in a Kilkenny Senior Hurling Championship about a dub. Um, but look, you can't ignore the fact that Shane Stapleton, for you guys, is having a brilliant season. He's been with the club a few years uh, from Palmerstown originally. People might remember him. Um, I suppose, look, is it is it kind of nice to have, you were saying that he had kind of a choice between a few clubs, I think, of Lachlan Gales, who obviously he beat in the semi final, was one of them. But um, like, is it nice to kind of have that outside influence as well? Because sometimes the club game, you know, it's great that it's local but sometimes is it nice to kind of have that outside influence as well yeah I think it is and again look it, it, it probably brings a freshness to it it's a, it's, a, it's it's you know you're basically signing a, a new player uh, you know it's, it's it's a fresh face around the club around the team um, and you know sometimes they bring in maybe a different slightly different style of play to to, the, to your setup, which can be good as well uh, to make you maybe think differently about things and yeah, Shane Shane has been with us in seventeen and look, he's he settled in very quick and sure look at this stage he's 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 we see him as as one of our own now from here, Kevin. So, you know, but he's he's uh, yeah, he's been a great addition. Um and I suppose finally look last week we got some Good news, if I suppose look um, good in parenthesis, because it could have potentially been better. But um, good news in that some spectators will be allowed into the ground for the game on Sunday. Um, I suppose you know it's a very small amount, and I know it's not going to make a massive difference in terms of the atmosphere. But I suppose for people who live and breathe the club, for those people who are who are so committed, who who you know better than anybody else, it, it will be fantastic for them to get the opportunity and to go see their team in the county final. Yeah, I think so. For the, for certainly for the ones that can go, but like it's, you break it down, you're looking at a hundred tickets for for Ballyhale, a hundred tickets for ourselves. It's not much, really, in the in the bigger scheme of things. And there's probably a lot of lads who aren't going to get into into the game, who you know would obviously be deserving of it and would love to see it. Um, 
But yeah, to step forward, I think, you know, I don't know if it necessarily has any effect on the players. They'll get on with things, whether there's people there or not. But uh, it is a step forward. It's just, I suppose, a slight pity that, that unfortunately, more couldn't couldn't get to go from both clubs. Hmm. Mark, look, thanks a million for joining us. Um, best luck to yourselves um, in tomorrow's game. Uh, undoubtedly, a, a big, a big task, but um, your side are no doubt up to up to it. So, um, best of luck tomorrow. And uh, who knows, you might be seeing a, a different name and, and maybe the start of a Dixborough, um, the era of, of Dixborough domination in, in in hurling across the country. Great, Kevin. Thanks a million. This is Sports Beat Extra. Today should be one of excitement for the ladies of Care senior football side as they prepare to face Aherla in tomorrow's county final. However, for no less than 16 to the panel, instead of looking forward to the big game, they're instead losing out on winning a Junior A Camogie final against Naka Villa. It's because they pulled out of the game, having been expected to play major matches back-to-back in the space of 24 hours for the second time this month. Tipperary ladies footballer Ashley Maloney spoke to me to explain the situation before the club eventually decided to pull out of the Camogie final on Thursday. Starting off to explain to everyone what occurred um, on the weekend of the 12th and 13th of September, we played two county semi finals Junior A on the Saturday and the senior football on the Sunday. And I suppose we said we'd suffer the consequences in hope that we'd be in a county final um, this coming weekend. Um, I suppose to tell everyone as well, we have 16 Jew players and 10 of them are starters on both sides. So this weekend then coming, the 26th and 27th of September, um, we are faced with a clash yet again. Junior A Camogie on the Saturday and the County Senior Football Final on the Sunday. Now this was flagged by our Camogie Club officers on the Friday 11th to make them aware that there could be a possible clash, um, be it that we win Saturday and all going well one on Sunday. In the meantime, we said our club officers, they backed us all the way. We followed procedures in getting contact with the county board. We sent in a player's letter um, just highlighting player welfare issues, but we didn't really get a response to this at all. Um, I suppose the tip finals, the tip ladies football finals are always on the 27th in Tipperary. So this Sunday, they're always, they always play their county finals on the 27th. Whereas last weekend, gone the 19th and 20th, the intermediate and senior camogie finals took place. So there's no reason as to why the junior camogie game couldn't have been played last weekend, the 19th and 20th of September. Um, so here we are, the week of a county final, um, I suppose. Should be looking forward to it, but not. we're not because we are faced with a fixture clash and we are expected to play two matches in a row with 26 errors in between hands. So... Here's where we're at now. We stated on the players' letter that if we were, if they weren't going to accommodate us, that we'd have to go to the media. So here we are now, and we just said that we were going to stand our, um, our, what I would say, our player welfare issues. Hmm. Um, so this is where we stand now. And it's funny because we were. I was speaking to the the, the secretary of Tipperary's uh, men's section, Tim Floyd, last week, and he was saying if if the pandemic has showed us anything, is that you know there's no need for all these fixtures. They're really all these championships could really be stripped back and be, be a lot more simple. Um, you know, games would be just played in knockout bases week after week. Like there really shouldn't be that much of an issue. Um, that we're seeing. Uh, look, I, obviously you're playing Villa in the in the um in the Camogie. Like, have have you had direct contact with them? Are they happy to push back the game? Has there been anything from their side in terms of kind of facilitating that? Yeah, so we, we got in contact with Villa, obviously, because you have to follow procedures first and get in contact with the club and see are they willing to accommodate. Um, but 
they said they, they're going by what the county board have said and the, the match has to be played by this weekend coming and no longer after that. So they're just obviously, with respect, they're adhering to what the county board have said. So there's nothing we can do about that. But what we're asking for is the county board to acknowledge that there is fair welfare issues here and to stand up and be counted. Um, I suppose we have Alan O'Connor involved with us who was involved in Lockmore Castellani who did a double back in 2013. He was coaching them. And I suppose he knows what it's, what it's like to run a Jew club and he's massive influence on us in Second Care um, with doing the two. And just from speaking to him as well, I suppose Lockmore have never had to deal with this. Look at the weekend that's gone by there. They had the two county finals fixed that they weren't playing one after the other. So I suppose it's just a bit of... Co- it's communication is all that needs to take place. Um, I suppose common sense is an overused word at this stage. We acknowledge that officers are working as volunteers. But someone has to wake up and put a stop to this once and for all. The games are there to be enjoyed while promoting respect and decency amongst our younger players in general. But like leaders in, in such positions just need to start following suit and just standing up and be accounted for. And as you say, you're you're making a stand as a club, you know, kind of representing so many other clubs as well. Like what is it about the way the championships are structured, the club championship is structured. I mean, particularly this year. I mean, I know it's a, it's a shortened season, but as you say, a lot of the stuff isn't going to all Ireland club championships. You have a bit more of a breeding space in terms of the the, the intercounty stuff starting later on in the year. So, what is it about the Gaelic games in particular that always seems to bring up fixture issues? Yeah, look, it's not just in women's; it's in men's as well. Like we look at the the season. Like after one thing that's good, as Tim said, with COVID that it brought was. Like the head people need to sit back and take a look at this and just acknowledge that people actually have lives outside of football. They obviously, obviously we love all love and giant playing it, but it's not fair in the club player the way they've been treated the last number of years. It's not fair in the county player being pulled, dragged left, right and centre 365 days a year either. So it's definitely something that has to be looked at. And if we fall back into the same old slip that we were in before this, um, it's going to be nothing but negative and bring a negative attitude about the place. We've seen it being done now. We've seen club championships being run off within a certain period. Um, so it's certainly something that needs to be taken into consideration now going into the new year. Even, say, you're talking about dual players there. Roshan Herd is, um, she's part of one of our club players here and we're highly proud of her in our club here in care and she plays for Tipperary Mogi with the last number of years. And I suppose just, I was looking at her, we are just kind of wondering what respect that the county have for her, considering the matches that are coming up at county in the coming weeks. God forbid she did her cruise shit or something happened over the weekend. Um, a star player for them gone, I suppose. You know, they should be nearly looking after their own um, in the first half. But, I don't know, it all just begs reason, to be honest. It's just so confusing as to what's going on. And we're just, we don't know. We're trying to get our heads around it, but it's just no one seems to be standing up and be counted for yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I suppose moving to um, some of the intercounty stuff, as you say, um, the we're kicking off um, against Galway on on well, it'll either be the thirty first, it'll either be Halloween, the Saturday or the Sunday, and then straight away the following week, back to back games um, as part of Group Two playing Monaghan in that one. Um, look, I suppose it's a, it's kind of far away yet, um, but how have you found the kind of everyone's back training now uh, in the intercounty setup? How, how have you found that? How much have you missed? that set up and, and I suppose how would, uh, how's the feeling in the camp heading into that uh, championship campaign Yeah it's all very exciting I suppose um, as a county player as well I'm privileged and honoured to play and honoured to be able to play for my county but I've probably never given clubs so much time as what I have now and it's been really nice to be able to give clubs the time that we did the last summer week 
um, I suppose, just really built, brought back a bit of team spirit and community into the, into the whole GA club as well. But, um, yeah, we're looking forward now to the county. I suppose we're a very young team this year. Um, we're missing about eight or nine off last year starting um, intermediate team. So we have a very young team. Um, we have a lot of work, a lot to work on as well. And look, we just look look forward to playing both Monaghan and Galway. Like they're very experienced side. So all we can take from it is learn from it. And hopefully, you know, if we compete with them, we compete with them. And if we do well, all the better. But it's all just a learning curve for us, really. Tracking sport across the southeast. Sports extra. $4.5 million is what Nelson Nashco competes for on an annual basis with almost 11,000 followers between Twitch and Twitter. However, you may know him as Virtuoso competing for Team Endpoint in Rocket League. He explains how he got involved in the game. Well, how I got into Rocket League was basically in the summer of 2015. My friends begged me to download the game because they were already playing, uh, all of them. Mm. And I finally downloaded it and we were playing every night of the, of the summer. And I just kept on playing because I got so addicted to it, and they, and all of them stopped playing. And then after a few few years, I've been playing every day, maybe two, three, maybe even four hours a day after school. And yeah, just became a professional after uh, after last year uh, qualifiers to this big tournament. It's amazing. Like I presume you were a gamer before this whole thing came along. Yeah. So what was it particularly about Rocket League that you were like, I just love this. This is so addictive. I mean, I don't know. Basically, after school. When I finished my homework, I didn't have anything to do. And I usually go on and play, you know, a few games of FIFA. But because FIFA is such an annoying game, I'd also have a second game that I'd play. And that would be Rock League uh, in the early days. Yeah. And then I started playing Rock League even more and more. And I just dropped FIFA completely. And that's how I focused uh, onto Rock League. So you say that you're playing four or five hours a day. Like how now that you're kind of, when was it where you kind of realized, yeah, like I'm pretty good at this. Like I could actually make a go at this professionally. Uh, I started playing Rock League on PS4 and to become a professional most professionals uh, change mm. to PC mm. because there's like more advantages you know and all that so when I changed to PC uh, I started realizing that I'm okay I'm actually similar uh, level to players that are getting to all of these big tournaments and winning prize pool money and all of this so that's when I started, when I realized that uh, I can make it somewhere. To explain to us, I suppose, because uh, I, I know, but explain to people who might know as well the the basis behind Rocket League, the kind of idea behind the game and how it's played. Uh, Rocket League is a three versus three uh, football car game. Uh, every player has a car, and well, <laughs> it's basically football. So uh, yeah, just three v three. I suppose kind of played in a dome, and yeah, like, you can you can use the walls to your advantage. Yeah, you can, you can use around, the walls, seating, yeah. everything, and there's also there's also boost, and that's like the only resource in the game. So yeah, Rock League isn't that much of a strategic game like maybe other games like League of Legends or CSGO, if if, if you've heard of them. Yeah. So yeah, is that what kind of attracted you to it as well? The fact that it's just you know it's very much a case of like the strategy is all in how you yeah, place like yourself. Yeah, it's, it's it's very easy to get into Rock League. Like yeah. for example, in other games, you need to, you need to have like maybe 50, 60 hours to actually understand the the mechanics of the game, like League of Legends or CSGO. But in Rock League. It's so simple to understand, okay, there's three cars on each team, a ball, and you just score more uh, goals than the opponents. So, yeah. yeah, that's the idea anyway. Uh, I, I think if I was coming up against you, I'd find that pretty difficult. <laughs> um, I suppose, Nelson, tell us a little bit about now. I, I suppose, look, you're in your leaving cert year now. Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, a school is, is, the, is the main attention. Um, what kind of commitment, as you say, four or five hours a day is required to, kinda, to try and you know, stay at the peak of your powers? I mean, it's very hard to, to balance school and, and the esports side of, of uh, Rock League, uh, to be honest. Mm. 
like after school you need to do like your homework and, and study and you don't really have that much time left after after training and tournaments to, to for yourself you know like because sometimes some days i come back from school and instantly we have uh, training and then instantly after training we have tournaments and that just keeps on piling on and on and then when when i finally go off my pc i just realize it's like 2 a.m in the morning and i need to wake up in in six hours so mm. there isn't that much personal personal time and I suppose that's the thing, like, because uh, esports is slightly different to to in that way that you know you are playing like if you're playing a game of of whatever else, you're generally in the same place. So I suppose that yeah. time difference is kind of difficult. A lot of those big tournaments take place in the US, which means we are what five at least five or six hours. Actually, ahead. actually, no, it it isn't like that. Really? Uh, generally, there is a region by region tournament. So okay. if it's NA North America, then all the NA teams play in there. And then there's European tournaments, so all the all the European teams play there. So it isn't that uh, that much of a struggle. But after COVID, there's a lot of events that we need to go to. Yeah. Hopefully, because there's there's uh, I think 4.5 million uh, in prize pool money for this year, and there's going to be a lot of tournaments in in like America, in in Europe, maybe even in Oceania and Australia. You never know. And that's when like the time difference and the time zones and travel will will take a toll on your health and yeah. in general. Remind me, what, what team do you represent? You have to remind me again. Oh, I, I play for Team Endpoint. They're Team Endpoint. a British organization. So what does the kind of construction of, of Endpoint look like and how does that benefit you as an individual gamer to kind of join one of these these organizations? I mean, organizations, of course, they, they pay a salary. That also motivates the player because they know that they can do it on a... For a full-time job, mm. they also give us support as in we can go to their uh, their boot camp or our offices in England, and we can play uh, together as a team, mm. all 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 four of us, because there's a coach and two different players. So that's really beneficial, and they also pay all the travel and and all of these expenses that needs to be paid, of course, for tournaments. Um, how do your how do your folks feel about this four or five hours a day? Are they are they supportive of the fact that the, this is the, the what you've gone down, or is there still that kind of idea that like you're you know that old idea of like video games are video yeah. games and you're spending too much time in front of them? Yeah, I mean that was still the case until maybe a uh, year or two ago, right. where my parents would always like give out to me for playing Rock League way too much and and not doing as well in school because I was focusing on Rock League a bit more, which it, it will always happen if that if that's the case and. They finally accepted it when I signed my first professional contract with Endpoint, and they started realizing, okay, I, I can actually make it somewhere and and actually get famous and win tournaments and win win prize pool money and all of that. So. I think it's just it's such a strange, and I think the whole world is kind of getting used to that idea now. But you look at the numbers; even the League of Legends finals were only a, not that far off the Super Bowl numbers. So, yeah. um, but just generally, Nelson, I suppose. Look, is it difficult then to kind of? You know, we often hear about the healthy living and a balanced lifestyle and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, like, is it difficult for you then? Do you, do you have enough time to go out and kind of get that side of things, to go out and get out into fresh air, do that bit of exercise? Or is it just because you're literally school, you know, yeah. Rocket League, school Rocket League, you're kind of in that bubble? I mean, it's quite difficult for someone that goes to school, but there is a lot more professionals in, in different esports that finish their education. Like Rock League is one of those games where most of the esports scene are maybe 18 and under. Mm. So that's quite unfortunate. But for other esports uh, titles, most of the professionals have like fitness coaches in, in organizations that tell them like what routines they should do, how to stay active. And so they always are in a good mental state. 
But unfortunately, that isn't like the case in Rock League for most professionals because they still have education to do. But the first priority, of course, is finishing the leaving cert so I can finally uh, start playing Rock League full time. That's that's my goal. And maybe I'll, I can go to university to WIT. As you said before, there's an esports uh, program. So I'm kind of interested in that. But except for that, really, I don't really have that m- many goals <laughs> except for Rock League goals, which is like uh, go to many tournaments and like such as I think there is meant to be a tournament in in the Netherlands or something, the 150k. But all all of these tournaments got cancelled, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, I'd love to play rock league full time for for next upcoming future. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that WIT scholarship because I suppose how important is that now for Irish players like yourself to have that opportunity? Because you're here in Waterford yourself, so yeah. to be able to to almost devote yourself almost full-time with a scholarship mm-hmm. now to, to, to doing something like this and also yeah. getting a, a college education on top of it, it's 10 minutes down the road or 15 minutes down the road yeah. or whatever it is. It's just such a huge, huge resource, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, there, now after this announcement, there are so many Irish players that I, I know from all all of Ireland that are interested in doing this this esports program and hopefully that makes other universities and and ITs that uh, start having an esports program because I think that'd be really beneficial to the esports scene in Ireland in general. Backing sport across the southeast. Beats Club Focus. Finally, Ennis Gorthy, Hockey Club, are the subject of this month's Club Focus. The club established in 1982 is the only one in Wexford with both men's and women's team, as well as teams for boys and girls. I visited the women's side's training for a now-postponed Leinster final and spoke to Club Piero, Mirani Corcoran. So, um, the history of the club, we're coming up to our um, 40th anniversary in a, about two years' time. So, it was set up in 1982 um, and kind of... From the start, there's always been great numbers in the club. We would have had a great women's section. I think when they started off, um, I remember one of the former ladies telling me that they had four women's teams playing, which was fantastic. Um, And kind of the history of the club is quite, you know, we're a small enough club, but we've got an Irish Junior Cup win that we won in 2001. And the club kind of since then has actually grown um, through the development of our underage sections, now culminating in women's teams and the only men's team in the southeast in kind of the Wexford area. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, the only men's team. So I suppose that kind of gives a totally different dynamic to the club than what you'd normally have. Yeah, 100%. So it means that for us, we've always you know, put an emphasis on our development and our underage squad. So we have fantastic underage boys section that has just grown over the last couple of years in particular. And you can see a lot of those boys, you know, trialing for the Leinster squads, um, a couple of the guys going on and playing with the university teams, be it UCC or UCD, and they'd all come back then, they're back with the club. And we only have the men's team since 2013. 2013 was the very first year we had a men's team in the club. And that very first year, they ended up winning their league and the cup and going up. So they're up in Division 3 now this year so it's fantastic to see the development kind of coming through into the men's section um, I suppose look the, the country went hockey mad there not so long ago we had the, you know the men narrowly missing out on the, the Olympics twice yeah. uh, the women narrowly missing out on the Olympics and then finally making the Olympics so yeah. I suppose how much has that contributed to the kind of success because I suppose when the club especially the men's section started that, that were quite, we were kind of in the middle of that so mm. it seemed to be going through a real kind of golden period for uh, hockey internationally in Ireland definitely and it's it's contributed to the club in so many different ways there's a lot of 
you know, former players who are coming back into coach because they see the success at the national and international level. So there's players come back to coach. There's players who might not have played for ages and they're coming back into play. And it's given a huge boost to the underage girls in the club because they've seen that now and they can name all those players on that team. And it's, it's amazing that we have role models like that um, for our young people as well. It, does hockey have a particular set of challenges when it comes to COVID because I, every sport is slightly different in terms of the challenges that it presents? Yeah, so for us, um, we can't touch the equipment. It's only our coaches that are touching the um, equipment. So say our cones or the balls, we can't touch them. The coaches are always here, as you can see. Um, they're here early, so they make sure everything is set up and ready to go. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges for hockey, for if you are defending a short corner, you usually wear a special face mask. Of course. But we have our we have a club set that we would share around with all the teams, and now we don't have that because we can't be sharing things with all the COVID stuff. So that's a challenge that we're going to have to kind of look into. But for the most part, we've been pretty good. We're filling out our health questionnaires every day. There's good communication between the committee of the club and all the sections, so everybody kind of knows what's going on. Um, so we haven't come up with too many challenges yet, but just as a defender myself, when I think of the short corner, I'm like, I have to go and buy a mask now. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose they're they're not cheap, like they're... Oh, no, unfortunately <laughs> not, no, not great, but sure look. Absolutely. Um, finally, Marin, I suppose, look, um, they, we always try and, you know, highlight clubs because we want people to go out and, and, and kind of be involved in the sport. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I, I, and I hate asking the question of you know how do you get involved because it's very obvious if people want to Google it. Have you found many people that have come into hockey without much of a background in it have gotten in and enjoyed it? Yeah, um, like I'm coming from a GA background myself, and I've I've always been involved in the hockey club. My mother played, and she would have played on the junior cup team, and you know that for me was my way in because yeah. I knew somebody in it. But you do get a lot of, you know, GA players who might come and play in the winter sport or rugby players who might come in um, if they're not playing rugby anymore. So you do get a lot of people that come in and say, my child tried this in school or they tried it at a hockey camp. I've had a couple of queries during the week um, and I had one little girl and she was in first class and she bought a new hockey stick and she's never played with the club but she was so excited to get going because she played it at a summer camp so you do get all the queries um, we normally take them in through Facebook or through our club website Instagram Twitter we're all over the place so if anybody does want to get involved and they don't know how just reach out on social media and we'll get in touch This is Sportsbeat Extra And if you want to nominate your club you can go to beat102103.com forward slash club focus and fill in the form But that's all from me on this week's Sportsbeat Extra Trish is up next to kickstart your Saturday evening with Beat Anthems.